0: presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. 30 years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer, George Plaster. Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns, Billy Derrick and Michael Sindrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster.
1: Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. Right now, a beautiful Tuesday in Nashville, Tennessee. No hurricanes apparently coming our way, but uh, boy, for the folks down south, we'll be thinking about you because it's going to get kind of rough and we're going to get into during the update. Some of the changes that have gone on in this week's college football schedule because of it. Uh, I probably need to turn my phone off. That was my phone, and that should never have happened. But nonetheless, it did. So let's call Roll Watson. It was not you calling, was it? Oh, it, no,
2: it wasn't me. But if that had been Billy's phone, God bless him. I mean, <laughs> he, he would have been eat alive if that was his phone going off. But since it's yours that's and, okay. the boss, and it's your show, it's
1: okay. Just let it be he would have gotten a dirty look. Oh, he'd have gotten more than that once we went to the commercial. Yeah, maybe (laughs) once we went to the commercial. (laughs) All bets are off. All bets are off at that point, babe. I wouldn't have heard the end of it the whole week. You got that right. That would have been the topic the rest of the week. Oh, my goodness. The brunt would have been heavy at the start. I can tell you that. Okay, so, Watson, how are you? I'm doing good, George. I'm good. Uh, Well, you brought up the hurricane.
2: My son lives in Tampa, as you well know, and praying for them. And they've moved inland. I think they feel like far enough that it won't bother them and hope their house will be okay. Uh, But that's nasty. They haven't had a hurricane in Tampa since 1921.
1: Isn't that crazy?
2: Crazy. It's uh, You would think on the coastlines of Florida that everybody would have had some, but they haven't had one since 1921.
1: Yeah. Billy, how are you today?
3: George, I'm great, my, It was not my phone and I'm no, I'm, and I'm glad it wasn't.
1: That I, that'll never happen. I'll tell you off. Oh, it could happen. Oh, don't ever say never,
2: bud. Don't go there. It's, now it's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> yes, don't. You go know, there.
1: we used to call Greg Ruff's show on purpose to see if he had his phone off. <laughs> and many times we caught him. <laughs> That's
3: surprised surprise that surprised I'm surprised it hasn't happened more more times than not with you, George.
1: Gruff dog, if you're listening, God bless you. (laughs) So uh, let's do this. Let's uh, get our daily Titans update underway. By the way, Tony Basilio will join us in right at 16 minutes. But first, we say hello to Terry McCormick, TitanInsider.com with today's report. Terry, where are we headed?
4: (sighs) We are going to talk a little bit about a roster move the Titans made yesterday afternoon, uh, probably around the time that you guys were on the air. They've added some depth to the defensive line, uh, and that is Mario Edwards, who is kind of a journeyman guy. He's been with the Raiders, the Saints, the Giants, uh, was on the Jaguars practice squad uh, when the Titans picked him up and added him to the roster. They let go of Derek Tuska, who they had claimed off waivers from the Steelers at the start of the year. What this looks like, George, is that while Bud Dupree is out, it looks like that Danico Autry, as they list him on the depth chart, is going to get most of his time at outside linebacker along with Rashad Weaver. And that Mario Edwards will fill in and be a depth guy along the defensive line.
1: As for Tuska, they could not have been thrilled with his performance Sunday because the, the concept of, of set the edge where that running back trying to go to the corner can't turn the corner, he sure could if Tusco was there.
4: Yeah, it was a little bit of a struggle there in regards to that. My guess is that Tuska is kind of a you know, mainly a special teams type of guy. Uh, if he clears waivers, I guess it's possible they could uh, put him on the practice squad and continue to have access to him. But uh, for now, they're going to go with the veteran, Mario Edwards. He's going to be on the defensive line. And uh, I-, I look for the Titans probably to do a little bit more roster tinkering uh, as the days go on, uh, simply for the fact that uh, right now they've got, uh, you know, some guys beat up and banged up. Well, that's a familiar tune that we heard all last year and so they're trying to find the right pieces that fit and see where they fit.
1: Terry, take us through the rule of what a team can do to raid another team's practice squad.
4: Well, what you do is when you want to sign somebody off another team's practice squad to your to your active roster, you have to guarantee that the guy is going to be on your 53 man roster. I believe it's for 4 games. Uh Now, the player can always turn that down. There was a guy, a quarterback, a few years ago that turned down the chance to join somebody's active roster to remain on the Titans practice squad. I I can't remember exactly who that was, but that was three or four years ago that a guy did that. But uh, mainly the other other part of that equation is this, that when you go to poach a guy off another team's practice squad, the team that he's on has the option – of signing him to the active roster themselves, to their team, so that they don't lose him. But the same rules apply. He has to be on the active roster for, I believe, it's four games.
1: Okay, real quickly, give me one more note, and then we'll call it a day.
4: All right, George. One of the things that, uh, you know, the Titans, we talked about injuries. It's going to be interesting to see how they treat this Zach Cunningham thing. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to practice this week or if he's able to do anything much. Otherwise, Dylan Cole, who you saw break up that last pass uh, on the two-point conversion that saved the game Sunday, could be in for a lot of snaps alongside of David Long uh, when they face the Colts up in Indianapolis if Cunningham is unavailable.
1: And, of course, that final play was caught on plaster vision. Yes, it was, which, uh, the, is it award-winning plaster vision yet? Not really. I don't think we've, uh, achieved that kind of status. I'm sure, however, we'll go after some awards with it. Excellent. Terry, you have a good one.
4: All right. You guys have a good one too.
1: Go Red Sox. No, no, no. <laughs> Terry McCormick with today's Titans update. Billy Let's go to your update, which has some pretty juicy stuff in it.
3: Yes, it does. That uh, Terry McCormick Titans update was brought to you by the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Call them at 615-906-8458. And also Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville and online at Sumner Funeral. Dot com George we start today with some interesting news out of the NCAA Penny Hardaway has been cleared of his NCAA violations uh, so he did not violate NCAA rules this was a, a long-term process here uh, but Memphis is on probation through 2025 so they still have uh, some some fines to pay for committing those violations
1: Watson he went around the NCAA to that independent thing. I don't believe for a minute he'd have been found not guilty if he'd gone straight to the NCAA infractions committee.
2: Uh all I know, George, it's a different world. I never heard of such when I was in the business. Uh, let's go over here to the these conservative on, dudes and they'll help me, or let's go to the liberal dudes, they'll help me. Or uh, I don't know. It, it's a different world, man. I don't. Just I don't I don't I don't understand it. I don't know how you do that, and that gets you off. But whatever, it
1: worked. Up next, we're silent. I I don't know what to say. Other, do either. Never heard with of it. Penny Hardaway, good for Memphis.
3: Good good for the Memphis Tigers. Uh, George number two, Sterling Shepard is out for the season with a torn ACL yeah. in his left knee. Tough news for the Giants. Even after that that tough loss last night.
1: Watson, when when we saw the play, and I know you knew it because you've seen too many of these. When it happened, you knew it was bad.
2: Yeah, I, 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 ACL on the spot. I mean, it's there. There's a certain look and how you do it and reaction to it, George, that just tells you that's what it is. I didn't need an MRI. I knew that kid, yeah. and he's had tough go. He's had a bunch of stuff. He is a really good player. But some kids just can't stay healthy, and it's not nobody's fault. It's just luck of the draw.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that when it happened, both teams, and in particular the Cowboys, went over to wish him well. I like seeing that.
2: Yeah, and I think that also shows the respect he has within the league. Sure. Good, that's yeah. another piece of it. Is he's a very respected young man, and just had just can't get on the field and stay there.
1: What's number three? Third piece, uh, Boise
3: State has lost their quarterback. Uh, And I know they were one of our duds yesterday in uh, studs and duds. Uh, They've lost their quarterback, Hank Batchmeyer, that he has initiated the process of entering the portal. So the news keeps getting worse for the Broncos. Okay,
1: Watson, help me with the concept of just saying I'm entering the transfer portal four games into the season. The team sucks. We know that. But is that really right?
2: Well, while these kids are doing it, I've seen four or five today. Um, One of Mac's kickers at North Carolina, his kickoff guy went. What you do is when you get to game four, before you play game five, you can still be redshirted. So what these kids are doing is they don't want to lose the year, so they're pulling themselves out of playing go into the transfer portal, and it's like the year never happened. So that's the reason you see it now. I don't think you'll see it as much here in the next couple of weeks. But this week, or maybe some in the next, if somebody has had an open date, when you get to game five, if you play in five games, George, you lose the season. Um, so that's that's the reason they're doing that.
1: Boise State and I've watched them two or three times, is shockingly bad. UTEP, which is the absolute dregs of college football society, ran them over with a truck Friday night. Embarrassing.
2: You taking Boise this week in underdogs? Probably not. <laughs> do they play?
1: <laughs> I don't even who, know. Who knows? They're I fraud.
2: Know. I'm giving you a hard time. I just thought
1: There are a lot of frauds. You take a lot of frauds sometimes. Huh? <laughs> well, it seems like I do. Seems like it's a weekly occurrence. It's very bitter. Uh, Billy, what else we got?
3: Last piece, uh, George, there's several games in the in the state of Florida, also in the state of South Carolina, that will be affected uh, by Hurricane Ian uh, coming through the East Coast. Uh, Florida and Eastern Washington is now Sunday morning at 11 a.m. USF and UCF has moved over to Boca Raton, and they'll play at 1 o'clock on
1: Saturday. That's FAU Stadium.
3: Yep. And South Carolina and South Carolina State will now play on Thursday at 6 o'clock. So I think you'll see more of this uh, throughout the rest
1: of this week. So, Watson, there's another one that could well get affected. It's called the Mets and the Atlanta Braves, a huge three-game series that's supposed to start on Friday night down in Atlanta. I don't think that's the way it's going to work. There's going to end up probably having to be a day-night doubleheader uh, in a series that is humongous.
2: Yeah. And the way it looks right now, George, it's kind of coming right through Atlanta up through East Tennessee. Uh, so at, at, uh, UT doesn't play this weekend. That's a good thing for them. They're not at home, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. I, I said, this, this series is going to have to have a double header in it. Uh, and, could even get backed up to having to come back to play one of the games, even if it got real bad. They might have to play a game after they finish their midweek games. Yeah, you never know. Crazy. If, it, if the game mattered, if the game mattered.
1: And here's hoping that it does matter.
2: Yeah. I'd love to see it matter. Well, I don't see how it doesn't. Yeah. The only way it doesn't to me is the Braves were to just take a Collapse. No, it'd be more the other thing. I, I think it's Atlanta's the home team. They've got their, their three top pitchers are still going to pitch. Uh, uh, so they, they're in good shape there. So are the Mets, but they're at home. I would I would think the Braves would be disappointed if they didn't take two of three.
1: Okay. Here's what we're going to do today. Obviously, Tony Basilio will join us. Sports talk show host from Knoxville, That's going to happen after the break as we talk Tennessee's huge win over the Florida Gators Saturday at Neyland Stadium. We'll start off by asking Tony, how long did his postgame show last? I got a feeling it was well into the night. Then during the 5 o'clock hour, we'll go over to Oxford, Mississippi. Brad Logan will join us to talk hotty toddy rebels against the suddenly nationally ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Busy day on the show. Watson will rank the SEC 1 through 14. Then we'll open the phones at 520 to get some of your feedback on what has been a busy last couple of days. This is Main Street Media Television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a 9-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively
5: personal injury, a
2: lot of tractor trailer
5: crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric. At Rockcastlewealth.com
0: Wish
3: that I was on a Rocky Top down in the Tennessee Hill. Ain't no smoky smoke up on Rocky Top.
7: Rocky
1: top, Tennessee. Rocky top, Tennessee. Where in the world did we find that version? Conway Twitty. Really? Nice. Okay, before we bring Tony Basilio to your airwaves from Knoxville you have some reading to do?
3: Yes, I do. It is Tennessee Tuesday, brought to you by WellSkin Dermatology and Direct Radon Mitigation. WellSkin provides medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment or call 615-675-0444 in Direct Radon Mitigation. Have you heard of high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer. The only way to know is to test for it. Visit Direct Radon Mitigation com to schedule a free estimate.
1: Okay, let's say hello to Tony Basilio by saying, how long did your post-game show last?
7: I'm not as tired as I look right now. Um, actually, I am. It, uh, we went a little over six hours, which was long enough for me. My body at some point in, in a process of hour five said, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a for lack of a better way of putting it so um but yeah a lot of fun really fun to win a game like that guys a lot of fun
1: so it got hairy at the end did that affect any of the caller reaction sure
7: yeah i mean tennessee went from a surefire cover and a lot of people you know people gamble these days it's just the way it is and uh people are going to bet on their team. And, you know, I was talking on my daily show today. I said, you know, to me, if I'm wanting to really enjoy my team playing football, the last thing I would do is bet on them, but that's me.
1: So before I turn it to Watson, Tennessee's got an open date before they get LSU at 11 in the morning. Number one, it seems to me the open date is at the perfect time emotionally and then getting LSU before these people get totally snockered is a double victory. What do you think?
7: I think you're right, although LSU is unbeaten in that time slot uh, so far this century. so But they've had pretty good football teams, too. And who knows who they've played, you know? We have to dig into that. But I believe their number is something like 8-0 um, in, that, in that 11 a.m., which is kind of absurd, uh, time, But, um, yeah, all things being equal, Hooker really banged his shoulder up, which really hurt Tennessee's play calling and what they could do offensively when it was time to put the game out of, stri- out of uh, reach the other day. And then, of course, uh, Tillman, uh, we reported yesterday, underwent an arthroscopic mm-hmm. procedure on his ankle, which isn't as invasive as they once were. Um, but a couple of days before the Florida game, and they expect to get him back for the LSU game. Of course, anytime you have something like that done, it could take longer than a couple of weeks. So they'll they'll uh, we'll be monitoring that for sure.
1: Watson, say hello to Tony.
2: Tony, congratulations to you guys and and, and you and all your buddies in Knoxville. It, to me, it was a very good win. And it was a good win when Tennessee really didn't beat you the way they normally beat you. Yeah. So, and in, in that way, I think it's a good win. I, we all still see a defensive issue in some ways, but what I think Tony, and I'll start with that a little bit. I, I told George this on Monday, I think Tennessee is a touchdown better than they were a year ago. What I mean by that is I think the defense, the, uh, the offense can score one less touchdown now and beat a good team, a really good SEC team. And that's progress to me. The other thing, the defense, they they played 77 plays, and I I, I think I'm right about this, and Tennessee only had 69. That is that's not right. the Tennessee way. There's a reason for – one of the reasons for that was – Florida went for six fourth downs and what happens now, and I think you're going to start seeing this, maybe not in the Alabama or Georgia games, but everybody else that plays them is going to think we got to outscore these guys. That's it. We cannot beat them if we don't score points and we can't keep giving them more possessions. And so, and Tennessee is so good, Tony in the middle of the field, they, they, a lot of their yards come in the middle of the field when they can get no spread sets. They just make yards right in. And from 20 to 20, now Tennessee is, is tough as nails. Gets a little tighter as they get closer. And I think they say, well, heck, we're going to punt it down there. They're going to get it right back down here again. So if we give it to them at the 30, so be it. Uh, but we're going to see more of this, and I think that hurts the defense because when they make those first downs, it's another series that they got to stop somebody. It's like uh, the balls went three and out, and the defense had to go back on the field.
7: Well, and your point's really well taken. I'm digging in my blog right now because um, I, I, we've got a guy named Matt Dixon who joins me who's really excellent. He's really observant. And, and, and he put some numbers at the bottom here uh, regarding how, how well Tennessee's done. He calls them season trackers. Red zone offense over the weekend, 6-for-6, six six, five touchdowns versus Florida. So far in the year, red zone offense, when they get down there, Coach, they're 38 of 42 possible points, uh, or they were 38 of 42 uh, over the weekend, 22 for 22, 19 touchdowns, 142 of a possible 145 points on the year. Hey, you do that, you're going to win a lot of football games. And conversely, on defense – you know, they've just been good enough um, to come up with timely turnovers and plays like that because truly that's what they are. I mean, they don't have defensive players. I mean, they just don't. They don't have a lot of speed. I talked to you guys in the preseason. They don't have a lot of speed in their secondary. One of their corners is a converted safety. Um, you know, they kind of are what they are. The good thing is there's not really a ton of teams on their schedule that can throw the ball over the top of them, Florida included. They defended Florida uh, Watson exactly as you said they should last week. And they made that quarterback make plays. And I'm going to tell you something. He was excellent Saturday. He, could you compare that to the way he looked the previous six, seven quarters of football. I mean, that guy was like reborn. I don't know where that came from.
2: Well, I, I think he's been hurt and I think he yeah. was healthy. they, they, they knew he was hurt. They didn't use him much. Uh, it, he probably got hurt in the Kentucky game is what I would bet. And he went ahead and played in the game. Kentucky probably hurt him physically and he had a couple of weeks to get better and he was well, he's a good player. He's a, he played, he threw the ball much better than I thought he would uh, he threw a lot of drop back passes in the game and, and really handled it very well. Stayed in the pocket. Well, um, that's another reason that it's a good win because that could have been a real easy win if he played like he'd played in the last couple of games. He came in and played a really good game. And and uh, like we said, though, Tony, you can't beat Tennessee if you don't outscore them. And that's in every game. Somebody's going to have more points than the other one. But I'm talking about 38-33 43-38, uh, 31-28. that's you've got to beat Tennessee in a high scoring game because you're not gonna hold this offense. Uh, I don't think anybody other than Alabama and Georgia have any chance to hold this offense under 30 points, unless, a big unless. And that's Hendon Hooker getting hurt. And uh, the one, the one, and I'm gonna get to offense next, but one thing I think they gotta be careful about in my opinion, especially yes, when sir. they get good leads, is don't put the ball in his hands too many times no. and get him hurt because there's Milton is better, but he he's not hooker. This kid, in my opinion, at the end of the year, if, if they're in the nine-win area late in the year, eight, nine-win area, this kid's going to have the best stats in the country, and he's going to be one of four people up for the Heisman, in my opinion.
7: Well, I think you're right. And I think the thing that really concerned me Saturday about the game is the amount of unnecessary hits he took. Yep. You know, at some point in the open field, you got to get on the ground. And look, I love his his, uh, spirit and his level of compete. In fact, I I opined after the game, and we'll say it again here, he looked like a guy, if you look at the way he played the game, his body language, he looked like a a fifth-year senior who had lost four straight to Florida and, and was not going to go out like that. But instead, this is his first start against the Gators. I mean, think about that. Did he look like a guy to you that did that uh, had anything less than full and complete ownership of that program?
2: I no, mean, but I haven't seen him. I didn't think he looked like that against Akron, Tony. He's that he's that competitive. He's a very yes. tough competitive yep. kid. And I'm 100% in agreement with you. They need to work on him this open date on getting down and only take shots when they matter. And that's making a first down, scoring a touchdown. Yep. Um, don't take shots unless they matter. If you've already gained 15, don't try to gain 17. And he's got to learn that. But he's very, very competitive kid mm-hmm. and a very tough kid. I, I don't, I don't think he... If you don't coach him different, I don't think he treats any game any different. He goes out there to be the best he can be, and that's the thing I think he has. Uh, Now that he's gotten a a piece, understands this offense, he's just being him now. I mean, he's just being very competitive, and he's cool. He's cool under pressure. He he doesn't get uh, bothered with pass rush, which there's less than half of those in the country that don't get bothered with a pass rush. Matter Mm -hmm. of fact, I'd say there's probably about 15% in the country. If you're really honest, that don't get bothered with pass rush. There's one four four hours down the road in Tuscaloosa that don't get bothered with pass rush Mm -hmm. either. And, uh, and so I, I, they got to protect him better. Tony, are there there? It don't take, but one, and he's out for the season with a broken collarbone now. And then all of us, or saying, "Uh oh, now what happens?" And well, I'm I know gonna the give you guy a- behind a- him's a solid yeah. player, but he's yeah. he's not him. He's not Hooker.
7: I want to give you an interesting scenario that happened the other day. You tell me from your put your coaching put your coaching hat on here because I, I love coming under wing with you here on uh, Tuesday, and I mean that. Because um, people are like, I, I, I'm quoting you on my show, and people are like, "My gosh, I mean, this guy's like uh, again. It's like Confucius, you know. I'm, I, I quote you like." Uh, like we're Confucius back in the day, but so the other, so the other day at the end of the game, okay, this is what I found out. They did not attack downfield when it was time to put the game away, which really allowed Florida to stay in the game. They didn't throw the ball past the sticks. Um, They didn't do the things they were doing before because Hendon Hooker's non-throwing shoulder uh, was in such pain and it inhibited his ability to throw it downfield. Now, I talked to some people, and you've mentioned Milton before, and and I talked to people. You know, people are kind of split on that. You know, when you say, why do you have a backup quarterback? To me, Watson, I don't put a backup quarterback in that spot. I don't think that's fair to him. I don't think it's fair to the team. And I don't think it's fair to Hooker, who's, if he tells me he wants to go back out there, but then doesn't it come to a point where if he can't function, and it almost got you, almost allowed you to get beat, which is almost what happened. I mean, let's face facts here. Florida had the ball with a chance to win somehow. I don't know how that happened, but they did. Um, with your coach hat on, how do you handle that?
2: Uh, you got to go with your guy uh, to me till he can't do something. I I'll promise you, if you call one of the vertical passes they throw or a skinny post. He would have completed the ball. So I, I just, I'm telling you, he wouldn't be out there if he couldn't have made that throw. It might have hurt like the Dickens, but he would have made yeah. the throw. Yeah. And if he's hurt that bad, you don't need to be out there for his sake. So, but I thought, Tony, to be very honest, mm-hmm. I thought they got conservative at the end. Tennessee is not a, they better come up with, A four minute offense. What do you want to do when you got a two score lead with four Mm -hmm. minutes to go? Do you want to keep going? They got conservative and gotten a two tight end set and ran the ball three straight times. If you're going to do that, you better practice it and get better at it. Well, the problem is they're not running. Yeah, they're not. That did not not look like Tennessee to me. So I'm more saying, I thought they got a little conservative at the so end and it's easy to okay. throw it back on hooker that he couldn't make the throws. You think I'm being uh, spun. Cause, cause so they that's, that. the, yeah. that's what are you going to do? If you yeah. got Alabama down two scores, 10 points and there's four minutes to go in the game, are you going to keep being wide open and doing your stuff? Or are you going to get more and try to make one, two first downs and the game's over. They tried to make one, two first downs didn't make them gave the ball right back to Florida. Florida goes right back down and scores. Boom. Now you own side kick and you got a chance to win the game. So I promise you behind closed doors, they're talking that right now, what are we going to do in the next big game when we're up 10 and we got the ball, you hear people talking four minute offense all the time. There's two types. There's a four minute offense to eat clock and there's a four minute offense to go score. And, uh, they got to decide if they want to eat clock or go score. They're not going to score if they get in that set. They might make two first downs and that end the game, but they didn't and they punted it right back. So I looked at that a little different than, than maybe some of your, your guys do. And I believe me now, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs. I love the offense. They, they, They make me feel, it reminds me of things I believe. What they're doing, Tony and George, if i got time, I'm going to say it here real quick. What they're doing is they're making you think before the ball is snapped on defense. And with those wide, by going fast and those wide splits, and those wide splits are making you change your defense for one week. That's exactly what I always thought in my day is I'd go from the, wishbone to Nobacks. the reason I did that a bunch was I wanted you to have to do something you don't normally do and I was inferior maybe with talent but I would make you do something you don't normally do on that one week that's what Tennessee is doing to people right now and it also when you go to no backs empty it uh, and teams aren't prepared for it back when I was playing not many did it There's only one check you'd have, so we'd learn what that check was and we knew what they were going to be in. Well, that's a little bit of what Tennessee's doing to people right now. When they spread them all over, they're having to get in a single safety. Look, and they're nearly playing man coverage every down. Man, what an advantage that is. But they're making people have to think, defenses think, and when you think, you're half a player. That's what's going on now, and it's going to be interesting to watch as they go into this season further how these defenses Keep playing.
7: Well, two things, right? So, what's the four-minute offense going to look like from here? Because they are going to get in that spot again, where they're up. Yes, sir. Either will. And 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 so, what's that going to look like? I think the thing from their standpoint, and the reason I believe Hooker really was his shoulder really was addled, uh, was that at the end of it all, that's just not who they are to take the foot off the gas. There, that's just not. That's how. That's not how this guy's played, but. This is the first real game of consequence he's been in. And you and I both know that's a different deal. I mean, it's a different deal when you're playing some directional school and you keep playing and you keep throwing. And, you know, this is the Florida game. There's 100,000 people there. I mean, there are real stakes in this thing. So it was interesting to see the end of it because it was – if I was to believe and and go on your line of thought, I, I would say they got too conservative. Yeah, I would say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tony, I'm going to assume you do not do a post game for open date.
7: George, if I did a post game for open date, I literally wouldn't, I I don't even know how an adjective would describe me, but yes, I do not do a post game for open date.
1: Or Braves Mets. So a week from now, Mm -hmm. LSU game, 11 in the morning, ends around 2.30, tell people how they can hear you.
7: Yeah, so I'm on. I'm at tclub.team, Team, and I'm on every day. And um, today we did three plus hours uh, on my program, which was nuts because usually I just do two on a radio. But um, I went an hour plus today simply because I just want to see how much I can, I guess, exhaust myself here. Um, and, and really, I don't have any friends, or, you know, or borderline life so what's the point you know at, at this stage yeah it's been a real time of self-assessment for me after friday uh, after uh saturday night sunday morning guys because i'm telling you my body in that fifth hour said tony i don't and i talked to myself tony i don't know what you're doing here but this is not working Th- this is literally not working but it is a lot of fun hey these guys are top 10 in america now i'm not sure if they're one of the 10 best teams in america but what a good story that is for them to oh, come yeah. out of September, get a couple of quality wins. And up here in Knoxville, this place feels alive again, which, you know, um, it's it's pretty neat. It really is. Okay.
1: Leave me with this. On uh-huh. the noise meter Saturday,
7: mm-hmm.
1: Neyland Stadium was louder than you've heard it since when?
7: I, I think that, you know, probably the loudest day game that that's been in there for a, in a long time is uh, the, the assessment. And there's something about games at night where night crowds are louder. And I, I don't know what that is. Is that the acoustics of an evening? Is it the acoustics it's of the acoustic more alcohol? Of Jack Daniels? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> and you said it earlier, you know, Tennessee goes to um, LSU. Now I've got 23 year old twins. One goes to Tennessee. One goes to, University of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, they're both going to the game. They're both on fall break and they're both going to, they're going to meet down there and go, but here's the rub. When that game kicks off, I just looked at a forecast. They're saying it's going to be 95 degrees that day.
2: Major (laughs) plus for the orange major plus.
7: It is It's a major
2: plus when they go that fast, I'm telling you, put another check,
7: put another check. That will wear LSU out now. Oh, I love it.
1: Confucius.
7: I'm telling you, this guy, he gets quoted tomorrow. They're going to be like, oh, no, that's the Fritz the Wednesday. We're going to quote Watson Brown some more. I love it. So, thank you, guys. Tony,
1: you're good to do this, as always. Appreciate Appreciate it, Tony. Have a good night. Oh, it is so much fun bringing him on. And, And that gets Watson all stirred up. Confucius. Confucius? I'm old enough to be Confucius. And you, well, I, I almost came with that. Can you spell it? Heavens no, I can't spell it. I, what are you talking about? Can you? Heck no.
2: Well, don't ask me because no. I know no. you ain't any better than
1: me. No, and I'm not I'm not trying to act like I am. <laughs> but there will be a joke about Confucius. Oh, I, believe me, I just beat you to it. We'll go to the break, and then we'll get Watsons 1 through 14 in the SEC. Then we'll go Ole Miss Rebels to start the 5 o'clock hour. This is Main Street Media Television.
3: For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonleyTimmons.com.
0: Wellskin Dermatology and Aesthetics. We pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellskinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. Wellskin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin again it's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer complete service heat and air can clean your coils check out your motor and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer complete service heat and air is located in white bluff tennessee we do service and repair on heating and air the right way 24 7 service call us at 615-797-3997 that's 615-797-3997 serving cheatham davidson dixon hickman humphreys montgomery and william counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome.
1: So depending on when your team's season started, we've either completed four or five weeks of SEC play. And with that in mind, earlier today, I asked Watson to give us his one through 14 rankings of the teams. And so let's go right to it. Watson, I don't guess any big surprise. Georgia and Alabama are one, two. And at least for now, that's sort of the way it's going to stay.
2: I maybe through this week. Alabama goes
1: and beats Arkansas good.
2: I could switch I might switch that. And, and this isn't the way I don't think it'll end up, George. It's just what I good, think it right. is
1: this week. So when we get to number three, it starts to get a little more interesting. Kentucky is undefeated. Tennessee is undefeated. In whatever order you want to put them, they're three and four. And right now they deserve to be there.
2: I think they are three in Tennessee's four because Tennessee, Kentucky beat Florida at Florida and Tennessee beat Florida at home. So I give it a little bit of an advantage over that uh, Tennessee. It's probably should be a dash. They should probably be tied because they had a uh, Tennessee had a nice win on the road at Pitt that Kentucky really doesn't have. Uh, but again, this week could, could get separation, Either way there. Kentucky goes and knocks off Ole Miss. They're an absolute three. They go and get beat by Ole Miss. I think Tennessee jumps in front of
1: them. The LSU that I saw in the second half against Mississippi State deserves to be in that five hole. Man, were they physical.
2: Defensively, George, right now, they're right there with Alabama. There's four really good defenses that I see right now, really good. I thought a would be one of those. I don't think they are yet. But Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, and LSU are dominant defenses in the SEC right now. LSU's got a quarterback that makes plays when he's got to make plays. So that jumps them up to five to me in front of Arkansas. I don't think they would be in front of Arkansas if Arkansas don't miss the field goal. Six, seven, and
1: eight. You could really just kind of put a hat over and say, There's six, seven, and eight. Give me some thoughts on them.
2: Uh, yeah. Again, AM has been disappointing, but they beat Arkansas. Right. Arkansas, I thought outplayed AM and didn't win the game. Uh, and then Mississippi State, you know really had a a bad deal against um, LSU. I I thought they laid an egg that day. Played well in the first half and then awful in the second half. So I'm not sure how that's going to unfold, in my opinion, George, is those three, three scoops.
1: Number nine is Florida. Watson, when Anthony Richardson is on his A game, they are a dangerous nine. And when he's not, frankly, they're not.
2: Oh, and, again, that could change this week, uh, in my opinion, George, because Ole Miss beats um, that young Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky this week. They're bumping up. They'll bump all the way up in front of Mississippi State probably. Uh, so, again, this week's going to change a lot of this, but the way it's gone, Florida has lost twice, yes, but it's to, to a three and a four in the SEC and Ole Miss is yet to play one. So uh, that's why I still give Florida the benefit of the doubt there.
1: Ole Miss is undefeated, but they haven't played anybody. Georgia Tech was probably the best name on the schedule, but we know how bad they are. What do you really think Ole Miss is?
2: Well, I don't know how to pick this week. So that tells you I don't know because I think – I think Kentucky could beat Ole Miss, and I think Ole Miss could beat Kentucky, George. I think I, I wouldn't know how to pick that game today. Uh, and we're going to know a lot more about both of those teams, in my opinion, when when we come from when, after this game's over.
1: The bottom four are not very good. South Carolina, to me, has been a disappointment. Auburn is going to get uh, Bryson – Harson, excuse me, uh, is going to get Harson fired. Auburn and Missouri look dead even to me Saturday. And we know what Vandy is. Bottom four is not very good.
2: No, and George, there's, I hear stuff in the, in the, some way in our connection, but to me, South Carolina is still better than these four, uh, but not a lot. Auburn has no offense I don't think there's good on defenses I've seen them be in the past Missouri just flat blew a game they should win Vanderbilt struggled in their first SEC game at Alabama I mean the quarterback didn't play past the first half so throw those bottom four I still think the bottom three are really further away South Carolina is kind of the bridge between the bottom and and getting up to the middle of the pack and And I'm just not sure about South Carolina yet, even though they look awful against Georgia. Yeah,
1: look terrible. Okay, that's our 14. You may or may not agree, but that's the beauty of putting this out here is it's just one man's opinion. You can uh, play along at home if you so desire. Same with stat of the day. Either way, as my uh, earpiece just dropped out, either way, and I can't get this dadgum thing to stay where it needs to today. It's saying to itself, I am tired of you. (laughs) That's what I think it's saying. This is main street media television.
0: serving williamson and surrounding counties bone and joint institute of tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 sub-specialized physicians our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch we offer physician clinics physical and occupational therapy advanced imaging and surgical services including interventional procedures call us at 615-791-2630 we're bone and joint institute of tennessee high-tech care for the hometown touch This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year.
2: At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us
5: a call at 615-242-9000.
1: Hey, this is George Plaster, and I'm excited to announce that the second annual Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night is going to happen Monday, November the 28th, at the Hermitage Strike and Spare. The three charities that will benefit are Last Minute Toy Store. Martha O'Brien Center and STARS, and our intention is to get them that money so it can do the most amount of good at Christmas time. Now, here's where I need your help. I need you to sign up to play in the most fun charity event you've ever been involved in. Imagine 64 foursomes with 64 sports personalities in the area. As a single player, it's $200. If you get a foursome, it's $800, and what I want you to do is reach out to me via email, plastergeorge at gmail.com, and we'll get you signed up and get you ready and raring to go. Again, that's plastergeorge at gmail.com for a night you will never forget.
2: Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel, urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites.
8: Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA-graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
3: It is now time for Stat of the Day here on the George Plaster Show, brought to you by John English Vintage Sports and Cards, as well as Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can find John English in Shelbyville, Tennessee, open on Saturdays from noon to 5 o'clock, or from 10 a.m. to 5, Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 o'clock. Visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. You can also call Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information all right let's get to today's stat of the day the question is so far in 2022 which nfl franchise has the lowest average home fan attendance
1: Ooh. okay watson let's put our thinking caps on with this um I don't think it's anybody in the NFC West. Uh, I think, um, the Atlanta Falcons are one you always have to throw in there. Billy, don't you react to anything we say just yet. Okay. I think the Falcons are one that has to be considered. Uh, the old joke used to be go Falcons and take the Braves with you, but that seems to have gone out the window. Um, what about. Um, how about the Chargers? Are they drawing well? I know they were. Yeah, actually, look like they had a good crowd um, on Sunday against Jacksonville. Jacksonville is certainly one that you always have to put in there. Yeah, um, that's true, but they're better. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on in Detroit. I like the fact they play really hard for Dan Campbell. Uh, I don't think Detroit is the answer. Uh, don't really know what's going on with Houston. Haven't really looked at their attendance figures.
2: I would say, would you not say Houston or Jacksonville?
1: I'd probably go Jacksonville
2: yeah. just because Jacksonville's had one home game. Probably everybody thought they weren't going to be very good, and they played great that day. And they hadn't been back since they played in that game. And they went to the West Coast and won. So I bet you their crowd's fixing to pick up. Unless this hurricane slows it down, I guess they play at home this week. I don't know, but I'd say Jacksonville. I think it's Jacksonville or the Texans.
1: Okay, let let's see let's see what we've got here because I'm I'm guessing it's one of the three we've put out there. Let's see.
2: And Detroit would be the other. Oh uh,
1: yeah, the
2: old Jag-ya was. What was it? Do you know?
1: Jags. Yeah, but no, what he was saying, what's the number?
2: Oh, I'm not sure. Jags home. That head. would have been the right pick. We should. Have, yeah, we took time. That, that they're, they've been historically the
1: the lowest. So, well, it got so bad that Jacksonville plays in what was the old Gator Bowl. Yeah, and the Gator Bowl seats way too many people for that franchise. It's seated. Around 80. So, what they did, they put a bunch of tarps in the corners of the upper deck and knocked their attendance down to, I think it was like 62. And um, yeah, their average
3: home attendance last in the league, 59,000, not even 60,000. Wow.
1: Yeah. So,
3: they definitely, they definitely knocked out seats. I mean, the capacity is, I thought, well above 59,000.
1: Now, let me say this. Uh, what I saw Sunday, the Titans aren't exactly, you know, lowering no. the room on everybody. And in fact, what the Titans have really become, and I don't sense the urgency or the worry about it from their front office, which I would be worried as all get out. There are too many of the visiting fans in some of the best seats in the house. I look around Watson at the 50 yard line on the visitor's side. And I know damn good and well that those seats were not all sold by season ticket holders to the visitor. It's the Mm -hmm. Titans selling these tickets, whether it's to, uh, fan clubs, whether it's to, uh, ticket brokers as they used to do before they kind of got nailed for it. I think they're back in that business again, just to be perfectly honest. It'd be interesting George to know how, how
2: many of those seats are sold before the season, but on TV, that middle section where those red seats are right. What there was, that was really not a lot of people sitting in those, uh, on, from looking at it on television. I don't know what those seats are, but that little middle section between the upper deck and the lower deck, uh, man, it, it, it wasn't now the lower, the lower part was full and the upper deck was fuller than the middle section was. So I don't know what those seats are. And it'd be interesting to know how many seats are sold from the Titans before they even play a game.
1: Well, it's become a concern because in all honesty, we have become a very soft market. Um, I'm being asked uh, Billy, if you can email uh, Brad Logan the uh, Zoom link. will do. And um, so I don't really know uh, Watson, what's going on there other than there are too many teams. And it came up a year ago in the uh, in the Kansas City and the Buffalo games. It was downright embarrassing. Both of those teams had, in my estimation, of the crowd. The Buffalo fan base is incredible. Uh, They travel in in huge numbers. And you remember me getting on the Titans saying, look, you've got a football team that's pretty good. I don't know what this one is. Right now, I don't think they're very good. But nonetheless, the front office has a responsibility to do better than just taking the easy way out and selling them all to the visitor—that's bull.
2: Well, and then and it's when you get in those big games with those travel teams. I think the Cowboys come here, sure, don't they? They so don't they a come Thursday night
1: to, game to, at the very end.
2: I'm telling you, that game that will be there will be Cowboy fans. I, would you not say the Cowboys and the Steelers are the absolute two best travel teams in football?
1: NFL. You know, you know what, Watson? I used to think it was obvious, but this Buffalo group, yeah, look I know, at you're the right. number they had out in Los Angeles for the opener against, you know, a defending Super Bowl champion, how many of them got in so It was yeah. stunning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're right. So anyway, it's just a thought, but I know it concerns me. I don't know if it concerns them. I know in the early days of the Titans, those visitors were always in the corners of the upper deck, which is where they belong. They should not have the best seats in the house. And I'm not convinced that Titan season ticket holders are the ones selling the tickets.
2: That was my question. You just answered it. Is, is it, is it the Titans selling those tickets or is it a, Is it a bulk ticket
1: being sold to somebody else? Well, it seems awfully strange that it's always in between the 40 and the 40 on the visitor's side. I mean, that just seems like too much of a coincidence. Now, that's not to say that there are not, for instance, Raider fans all over the stadium. There are. But there's a huge number of them in those 40 to 40-yard line seats, which tells me that the Titans – might well be doing that.
2: Well, they shouldn't need that money. That that, that I'd, I'd, the Franchise ought to be in a lot better shape than that, George, to have to sell 10,000 tickets to a game. I mean, gracious sakes alive. I hope that's not what's going
1: on. Well, a year ago, Buffalo and Kansas City both had close to 30,000 wow. in Nissan Stadium.
2: That's that's not fair
1: to the team. No, no. And that's, and that's those what players. I put out there is that their front office owes the team something a little better than that. I 100% agree. Okay, we'll go to an early break. We'll see if we can get Brad Logan hooked up to talk a little Ole Miss Rebel football. This is Main Street Media Television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been
1: working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when
5: you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615 242 9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com.
1: It's time to talk a little Ole Miss Rebel football. Brad Logan covers Ole Miss for Inside the Rebels on 24-7 Sports. Let's bring him up. Brad, how you doing? Doing well, George. How are you, sir? Good, good. Is the car going well? You getting good gas mileage? We're doing
9: quite well. And uh, I'll tell you, George, it's a really nice day to be out and about today. And, uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. I've re- really enjoyed following you over the years, and so it, it's an honor, to be honest with you.
1: Well, it's uh, it works both ways on this. Brad, how good is Ole Miss? And I ask that because it's hard to gauge it right now. It really is. And, you know, George,
9: be honest with you, I don't know how good they are. I think we'll learn more on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock when they face a really good Kentucky team. Uh, we've seen them beat teams like uh, Central Arkansas, Obviously, we've seen Troy, uh, not a very good Georgia Tech team. It, it, I don't know how good Tulsa is. You know, if you'll think about it, Davis Brand, one of the top passers in the country, goes down with an injury. And Ole Miss really struggles with the backup quarterback coming in for Tulsa. So, uh, the defense I thought was pretty good, George. And, you know, they've got a senior-laden backfield, a defensive backfield led by A.J. Finley, who leads his team in tackles. But everybody's kind of looking at that offense with quarterback Jackson Darth, the transfer out of USC. And last year, with the loss of Matt Corral, the quarterback, one of their top rushers, and uh, probably 95% of their rushing attack either went pro or transferred, you've got a brand-new running back room, a brand-new quarterback room. Regardless of how talented they are, they're all new, and they've got to gel together. And we saw this team do pretty well uh, with the first couple of games, kind of trailed off last week against Tulsa. I think a lot of that is just, you know, they're ready to play someone, and they'll obviously play someone Saturday when they get a chance to play Kentucky. We just really don't know, but I think we'll know a whole lot more after Saturday.
1: Tell me this, uh, when when John Rice Prumley left to go to Central Florida, was it before Jackson Dart entered the picture or after? It was before, and uh,
9: I think a lot of that was he, he wanted the opportunity to play quarterback you know, the entire time. And he sure. he had a chance to play a couple of years ago, as you'll remember, had over 200 rushing guards against a pretty good LSU defense. Just didn't have a very good vertical passing game. And so uh, I think it was a pretty – open conversation between Lane Kiffin and John Rice Plumey that he probably wasn't going to be the quarterback going forward. They were going to do their best to try to hit that transfer portal and find a quarterback for this team. Uh, obviously, uh, Matt Corral had gone off to the NFL. He lands at Central um, Central Florida under Gus Malzahn, and from everything that I've seen, he's doing, doing a pretty good job. So I think he probably understood that the future was not going to be with him being the quarterback at Ole Miss.
1: Is it me or or is Ole Miss running the football more, and is that really what Lane Kiffin wants to do with this team?
9: Yeah, I mean, honestly, George, they led led the SEC in rushing uh, last year, and they're they're, they're leading, obviously, right now with the duo of Zach Evans, the transfer out of TCU, and, of course, Quinchon Junkins, the the talented uh, freshman out of the state of Alabama, where I'm not sure how he got away from the, the clutches of Auburn or uh, Alabama, but I i know Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin has been very, very bullish on his new running back, Quinshawn Jenkins, who's got a SEC freshman of the week, uh, I think a couple of times this year. So uh, they're running the ball a lot. I think a lot of it, George, is, is because of the familiarity of running the football behind a pretty good offensive line. And I think because, too, Jackson Dart has just not had a lot of time in this offense. The, the receivers have not stepped up. Jalen Robinson and Trey Knox, two transfer receivers, one from Missouri. And, of course, uh, Jalen Robinson out of Central Florida, they just haven't played very well. It's been, a, it's been a situation where you've got a Jonathan Mingo that has stepped up, has been a, a, a leader on this offensive team. And Michael Trigg has been a pretty good asset for this team, but he's just not blocking very well, so that's limited his time on the field. Suffice to say, they just haven't had very much production at wide receiver, so they're kind of forced to run the football. And I think more than anything, this is an Ole Miss offense that Lane Kivan always likes to run the football, you just think Lane Kiffin wide open, throw the clipboard. Actually, what you got <laughs> is Lane Kiffin in his offense. He really likes to run the football, and that's kind of what they've been doing so far.
1: Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. If we had had you on last Thursday, let's say, and I had said, okay, Brad, what do you think the Ole Miss-Kentucky line will be? Would you have said Ole Miss six and a half?
9: Absolutely not. And uh, I would have said, if anything, it would be less than three. I would have said a pick 'em, George, and if they were playing in the Peach Bowl Classic to open the season, I would have said it'd have been a draw and it'd have been a bit a pick 'em. So I would have said Ole Miss minus two, maybe two and a half, because of home field. I don't know where Vegas is coming from on this line, George, and you know I've tried to look at this thing a couple different ways because I think about Will Levis, the quarterback for Kentucky. You've got Rodriguez coming back, his incredible running back. I just don't know if this Ole Miss defense can stifle this Kentucky offense. And and here's the thing, too. I think the the Tulsa defense kind of gave a little bit of a roadmap of how to silence this Ole Miss rushing attack. They did a great job in the second half, George. No points given up by Tulsa in the second half. Ole Miss scores 28 in the second quarter. I think that could be a little bit of – of of Tulsa's a little better defensively than we thought, or it could be a little bit of Ole Miss is having a difficult time developing that passing game. And I think Kentucky, Mark Stoops, he's been around the block a time or two. So they'll have something for Ole Miss defensively. I I don't know how they're drawing the six and a half. uh, Yeah. Okay. uh, So so you're
1: like me, you're trying to say to yourself, what do they know that we don't know? (laughs) Here's one I've come up with. You'll get more intelligent questions in a minute from Watson Brown, but, Is there this belief that, okay, he's been very close to the vest for four weeks against opponents, that that's the way he could play it. Is he likely to open a bag of tricks on Kentucky that maybe they have no clue is coming?
9: Well, I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt, uh, George, that they will be some different things, specific packages offensively that Lane Kiffin will roll out. I mean. To say that he was vanilla against Georgia Tech, I mean he even admitted at the end of the press conference uh, <laughs> that that he understood that Jeff Collins was, was kind of had his back against the wall and he didn't want to run it up in a very nice way. Uh, the same thing could be said. He admitted that he he pulled the rushing game back against Troy and Central Arkansas. Didn't really say much about Tulsa in the post game other than the fact is he was very disappointed. The offensive line didn't block as well they should have. Suffice to say, is there, is there a secret weapon that we don't know about? Is there some offensive packages? Is, there, is this a game to where maybe Trey Knox, Jalen Robinson, who's kind of been on the shelf, do we see him kind of come out? He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Is this a, is this a day to where he lets, uh, for example, Zach Evans, who's been dealing with a little, a little bit of a lower body injury, can he go full string? Do we see Quinshawn Judkins? Do they pull the reins off Jackson Dart? I think there's a lot of questions going into this 11 o'clock game. I don't think there's any doubt that Ole Miss looked back during the the past summer and thought, okay, here's my schedule. You know, Obviously, he's not saying anything like this to the media, but we need to be this record until we get to Kentucky. That's when we can kind of open the playbook. I think there's some truth to that.
1: Okay, if you want to open the playbook, say hello to this guy. Watson, say hello to Brad Logan. Brad, thanks for coming on with us. Hey, Coach, and
9: George, if if I didn't get one chance to say this one thing, I want to say, Coach Brown, uh, I know your family has been entrenched in college athletics, specifically football, for a number of years. I just want to thank you for everything you gave to college football, and it's an honor to speak to you today.
2: Well, that's very nice of you, Brad. That tells me I'm getting really old when you say something. (laughs) 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 That's kind of the way it works, but that's neat that you say that. And Are you sitting in a parking lot? Where, Where are you?
9: I am. I'm in a parking lot. Uh, I've had a couple of radio shows today, and I try to do my best on Zoom.
2: So uh, let's
9: just say we had we had a few technical difficulties with the computer. So uh, we do the best we can.
1: That's pretty neat. Your your new office is a car. That's what if yeah. what if a policeman stops him, Watson? Uh, oh, excuse me, sir. I'm on Zoom. <laughs>
9: I'm waiting for someone to walk up and tap on the window and I'm going to politely say, give me about five minutes.
1: Oh, That's
2: pretty good. Brad, to me, I think, I think it's time that he has to go for it now. It can't be Willie or Willie not. He's got to, I don't think Lane can beat Kentucky without throwing the football much better than he has. And so it's time. And the second thing that, I've noticed, Brad, is he's not been in that pace like I've seen him before. The pace is still there, but it's not that just absolute fast pace that he did with Corral. And I think that's a big piece of his offense, just like Tennessee. I'll bet you we're going to see him throw the football a lot more and better, and I think you're going to see the pace appear again uh, against Kentucky Saturday. And,
9: Coach, I'd like to address the question number two first by saying there are only two answers to that question. Number one, he's not comfortable with Jackson Dart doing that right now, or two, he's doing exactly like George intimated before. He's holding on for a reason to open it up, which would obviously be against Kentucky on Saturday. The first part of that question, uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens. I think, Coach, I'm really interested to see defensively how they match up against Will Levis. And, you know, we're talking about, opening up the playbook and Lane Kiffin doing this, that, and the other. I think more than anything, I'm interested to see what Mark Stoops defensively is going to do to game plan for Ole Miss. I think he's going to put a lot of pressure on Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart threw a lot of – he threw a number of interceptions his freshman season at USC. Not a lot of people are talking about that. We saw Jackson Dart make that decision in the second quarter against Georgia Tech a couple of weeks ago. Lane Kiffin was very upset about that. On the the halftime interview on the Ole Miss radio network, he pointed out – we had a one-sided conversation. It was me doing all the talking. So he was very, I guess you could say, demonstrative about the fact that he he needs to, he needs Jackson Dark to understand. He's not looking for a Matt Corral to win this game. He's looking for someone to navigate this game. For example, a Jay Barker-type quarterback from the 90s in Alabama. He, Jay didn't win a lot of games, but Jay manufactured the games and allowed other people to win the games for him. I think that's what Ole Miss and Lane Kiff are going to try to do on Saturday. And one quick thing, Coach. They're going to have to do something against Kentucky because after this, after this, it's wide open. It's Vanderbilt. It's Auburn. Then you get into Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, Alabama.
2: It does not let up after this. No, and this is the big one to me, though, Brad. And And I promise you, Kentucky is going to crowd him. I promise you, yeah. Kentucky is going to say, throw it. I want to see you throw it and throw it right. well. And they're going to crowd him and think that they can cover him And uh, that's just – that's why I think he's going to have to open it up because I don't think he can do to Kentucky what he's done in these first four games and run the ball that well. And I think if I'm I'm Lane watching his defense in these early games, it hadn't been fantastic. And I think he knows, Brad, he's got to score a lot of points to win this game. So I just think we're going to see the old style from last year Show up out of necessity, whether it works or not. I'll be anxious to see, but that's what I'm going to bet on.
9: Yeah, I think he's going to try it, Coach. I yeah. do. I think he he understands, along with Charlie Weiss Jr. I mean, anybody that's watching. I've had you know I've watched every game and been to a number of practices. It's been incredibly vanilla offensively so far, uh, and a lot of that is because number one. You don't want to give anything away, but, number two, you've been up so much you really haven't had a chance to do anything sporadic or, you know, to, to, to draw eyes, I guess you could say, from the cameras. I think wh- more than anything is, is Lane Kiffin and this staff understand that Ole Miss can have a good season, but in order to have a great season, they're going to have to beat Kentucky. Not to mention there will be a number of recruits there on campus. It's, a, it's, it's the lead-in game out of college game day on ESP and that 11 o'clock window. George and and, and Coach, I I know you guys understand that's a big moneymaker. So this is a really big game from a number of perspectives, from a university perspective. I think more than anything, Ole Miss is going to have to play better at the end of the day than they have the last couple of weeks that they're going to win on Saturday.
1: George? Cannot wait to see this one. This is going to be a terrific football game. Brad, save me a seat down there. Sure will, George. It's great to see you. Hey, Thanks, thank Jones. you for doing this. Really appreciate it.
9: Look forward to it anytime,
3: guys.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, we'll take you up on it. Brad Logan covers Inside the Rebels on 24-7 Sports. Now, let's put our phone number up there because we're going to take some phone calls after the break. There it is, 615-588-2998. I want to see. Some red blooded Americans who want to talk some football on whatever level it is, you jump in on the phone lines. We will take your phone calls when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television.
0: Serving Williamson and surrounding counties, Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee offers comprehensive orthopedic care with 16 subspecialized physicians. Our practice provides high-tech care with a hometown touch. We offer physician clinics, physical and occupational therapy, advanced imaging, and surgical services, including interventional procedures. Call us at 615-791-2630. We're Bone and Joint Institute of Tennessee. High-tech care with a hometown touch.
1: Hey, this is George Plaster, and I'm excited to announce that the second annual Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night is going to happen Monday, November the 28th, at the Hermitage Strike and Spare. The three charities that will benefit are last-minute toy store, martha o'brien center and stars and our intention is to get them that money so it can do the most amount of good at christmas time now here's where i need your help i need you to sign up to play in the most fun charity event you've ever been involved in imagine 64 foursomes with 64 sports personalities in the area As a single player, it's $200. If you get a foursome, it's $800. And what I want you to do is reach out to me via email, plastergeorge at gmail.com, and we'll get you signed up and get you ready and raring to go. Again, that's plastergeorge at gmail.com for a night you will never forget.
6: At Sumner Funeral and Cremation, our mission is to serve families as our own celebrate the life of their loved one, and help begin the healing process.
7: My whole family, including my wife and my mom and siblings, were very happy with the treatment that we received.
6: I would highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation. We offer funeral, burial, cremations, and pre-planning services. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional, affordable, dignified. SumnerFuneral.com.
2: Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel, urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites.
8: Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA-graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster.
1: So I have racked my brain trying to figure out what Vegas knows that I don't know about Ole Miss and Kentucky. I'll ask Watson about that in just a minute. Let's put that phone number back up there again if we can because I want to take some phone calls. want some of you to jump in on the line at 615-588-2998. We will go to those phones if you're on there in about two minutes, Watson, what does Vegas know that I don't, George? I have no clue. I mean,
2: um, I've got the first pick in underdog picks this week. That's one I'm looking at it, but I don't know. I mean, I I don't see how in the world Ole Miss beats Kentucky by more than six and a half. I just don't. I, I just don't believe that now Kentucky outright win the game. I, I don't know. I, the part I don't, I think Kentucky's going to play really good, but how good is Ole Miss? Can they play with, can they even play with Kentucky? Tulsa is a very average football team and, and Ole Miss struggled with Tulsa Saturday, George, they struggle with them. That game was still around in the second half. And, and, uh, they just didn't score any points in the second half. Hardly the quarterback play Lane Kiffin has always had good quarterback play. This team so far in the first four games has not had great quarterback play. I can promise you Saturday. They will have to have great quarterback play to keep beat Kentucky. They're not going to run up and down the field on the cats. Nobody does. And they're not going to do that. So, and I think he's going to have to score points. I I don't know. i I'd lean toward Kentucky right now. I know I would take Kentucky on the six and a half.
1: Well, let me ask this question. Is there the belief in Vegas that Lane Kiffin's going to pull out this bag of tricks and and that it's going to be this wide open old Miss that we've been used to?
2: I think they, you know how it works. I mean, look at Georgia last week against Kent State. I mean, good gracious. I think Kentucky kind of played that way against Northern Illinois. They, they won the game. It wasn't pretty. Uh, they let them hang around the whole time, and the game is in Oxford. And I think that's the two pieces. Kentucky didn't play good last week. The game is in Oxford. But, Coach, uh, Rodriguez is back for Kentucky, the, the, the really good running back. So they're going to be a much stronger offense than they've been at the start of the year. And I was so impressed with Kentucky and Florida. I mean, just the physicality and the poise. And the Florida fans now, they will remember, George, that was when they had just beaten Utah. And the place was going wild, and and Kentucky walked in there. So this playing on the road, Kentucky's already proven to me, uh, that ain't going to have anything to do with this. So I still lean toward Kentucky. I think the points went up when Kentucky – did not play well last week against Northern Illinois.
1: Wow. So, okay, do you believe Kentucky should be favored? I think it's a two-point game, and
2: I'm not so sure I wouldn't have uh, picked Kentucky, yes. If Kentucky blows out Northern Illinois like they would if they played again this Saturday, I think Kentucky would be favored in this game. How are you seventh or eighth in the country and you're a 6.5 underdog to a team that hasn't played anybody yet? I just, I don't, you're right. They got to know something you and I don't know because I just, I don't see it, George. I just, I just don't see it. I'm not just going to say Kentucky wins, but it ain't going to anywhere close to be a seven, six, six and a half
1: point game I would be shocked
2: yeah if Kentucky loses uh it, it'll be tighter than a Dickens and if I had to just to pick today I'd probably pick Kentucky even though I just I'm, I'm picking off the wall because not Kentucky I don't know anything about Ole Miss
1: nothing well I mean let's be honest that ought to be your that ought to be your underdog selection you've earned it's that.
2: One, it would be one I'm thinking about
1: Yeah, do you have the first
2: pick this week? Yeah, I got the first pick, so I'm thinking more about it. Usually I don't think about it, but I've thought about it this week. And only the better games I've thought about. I had not looked at any sheet or anything yet, but when I said Kentucky, you said it yesterday, and I said, what? You asked me, what do you figure? I said, well, I figure Ole Miss would be favored. Two to three would be the highest. It might not even be that high. And you said six and a half. I said, holy – I was shocked by it. Yeah, I – I don't know. I'd I'd love to know if anybody that's been ranked seventh in the country has been a 6.5 underdog to a non-ranked team. And maybe Ole Miss is ranked. Are they what? 25th,
1: 24th, 23rd? The, I don't know what they are, to tell you the truth. Pause for pause is the saying that I put out there earlier. Does Vegas know something we don't? Uh, they got
2: to, because that's that's just way too high to me in a big game like this is. And it's a big game. It's a big game for both teams.
1: It's a huge game.
3: Yeah, Ole yeah. Miss is number 14. Kentucky's number seven.
2: Ole Miss is 14th. Yeah. Gosh, I don't see how in the world they're yeah. flat. that. That's, that's SEC got written all over that isn't it, guys?
1: Yep. Oh, yeah. A respect that's, level. That's
2: SEC because they flat hadn't played anybody yet.
1: Yeah. Respect Nobody. level.
2: Yes, that's a respect level from being in the league. That's the league that
1: they're in. Okay, Billy, let's uh let's do a few text questions then.
3: Yeah, we do have some uh some text questions. We start with uh Tomahawk Tom in uh, Manchester, Tennessee. He asks, what is the tiebreaker for between the Mets and the Braves coming up here down uh, the stretch?
1: Oh yeah, it's funny you should ask that. So here is here is the thing that uh that sort of clouds this whole deal right now, the Braves are a game behind the Mets and let's say it stays like that. Okay. The Braves need to come out of the end of the regular season up a game over the Mets, because unless they were to sweep in Atlanta, the Mets will have the better record between the two when they've played each other. How am I trying to say that? Yeah, Um, so
2: if they don't sweep, Mets have won more games against the Braves than the Braves won against the Mets, is what you're saying. So then they would be the first seed, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there is a huge difference, Watson. Let Let me sort of go through what the difference is. For instance, if the Braves end up as the wild card, the four seed, Okay, their opening round matchup, I think I'm right, Billy, would be San Diego, would it not?
3: Think you're correct?
1: I think, that. It's, think it's now the Padres instead of uh, instead of the Phillies. So the opening round would be Brave San Diego, all three games in Atlanta because they're the better seed. Uh, the four versus the five. Same thing will go on with the three, which would be a division winner. And I think that would be St. Louis right now against Philly. But whoever wins, if Atlanta and San Diego play each other, Watson, guess who the Braves would play after that? Dodgers? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So they they need to win this thing. Yeah.
2: They, They need to win it. George, I believe, truly believe it's coming in these next three games. Because they're not pitching their top dogs, they're saving them for the Mets. So this week they got to win these games they got against the Nationals. Right now, if they do that, I think they're going to win it. Because I think they win two or three. This two or three, because and then the Mets. I think the three games for both of these two teams are going to mean every bit as much as playing each other. That's what I'm getting at.
1: Well. The both Mets have got have, the Marlins,
2: right? And we get
1: and yeah. The both of them have got, the got the sort of cupcakes. Braves are in Washington against a Nats team. <clears throat> Excuse me, doesn't seem to care anymore. And the the Mets are home against the Marlins, and really the only hope there is that somebody like uh, Sandy Alcantara just pitches his brains out, yeah, and the Mets don't score. Other than that, it it has the feel of a three-game sweep for both of them. Now, being honest, the Mets have got better starting pitching than Atlanta, and they did even before Spencer Strider went on the disabled list. The, the, the news out of Atlanta is that he will be back for the playoffs, but I don't know whether I totally 100% believe that or not.
2: George, I still say that they're, they're not pitching. Freed, Anderson, or Wright in these three games, right?
1: Well, Anderson is not with them. Anderson has been sent down and not, has got Anderson.
2: Hurt. Uh, well, Charlie no, Morton,
1: Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, Max Freed are there, and they're one not team. pitching in this series against the Marlins, against
2: the Nationals.
1: Correct. Uh, I think you're right because they went last night. As I dropped my pen, they went. Bryce Elder, who has been a godsend to that team. Stud. Kyle Muller, who uh, I don't know what to think. Uh, he pitches tonight. Who are they going with tomorrow?
2: Or uh, it said in the paper, what's the one hadn't been pitching very good.
3: Well, they're going with Oda Rizzi tomorrow. Oh, Oda Rizzi.
2: Uh, yeah, Oda That's Rizzi why I say done. the Braves are not pitching very good people in these games no. to me. They're not well, pitching. They're, the they're taking the chance. They better. That they- Yeah. They better win these games because if they lose one of these or something and lose a game, it's going to get, then they got to sweep them.
1: Well, the worry with Oda Rizzi is that he has been useless. You know, they're down eight and nothing to the Phillies Friday night after two. You can't do that in a pennant race. No. Ridiculous. Nope. Tonight
3: should be a blowout. It's Muller versus Espino. Espino is 0 and 7. On the year. Yeah, the but Mueller
1: has a tendency to walk a lot of people. A lot of base runners, you're asking for trouble.
3: Could be interesting. That's a game they definitely don't need to let slip away. What else well. you got? Next question here comes from War Eagle John on Facebook. He asks, What is Auburn waiting on to fire
2: Brian Harson?
1: Watson, I think they're waiting on the next embarrassing loss. What do you think?
2: Absolutely what it is. I,
1: he would have been gone
2: this week if Missouri had finished the game. And do, that's do all you it is. They consider away.
1: doing it anyway. I just I
2: just don't think they do it with a with a win. I just don't think they will. Auburn Auburn is a little different. They fire their coaches, but there there is a family feel there a little bit. And so i I'll bet you it's the next tough loss and it's coming. It's coming. Oh, Maybe yeah. this week. Yeah. It could be Gallagher, this week. They'll let you beat some 14 or more, which I personally think they will. I think it'll be next week.
1: Next. I, you got but, any more, George? Well, let, let me throw one more thing out there. The big rumor down there is Matt Rule, who did a great job at Baylor, but did an even better job at Temple. Temple is a really tough job, and he killed it there. Carolina Panthers' work has been spotty. I kind of wonder if he now knows, hey, I belong in college. Watson, if Auburn could get Matt Rule, that would be a really nice get.
2: Yeah, it would. I just still, if I'm Matt Rule, I get fired. I want that money. There's a lot of money. If if he leaves and goes to Auburn – He's leaving a lot of money on the table. I can't see Matt Rude leaving till he gets fired, get all that money. And then, then he's going to have a pick of the job he wants. And second, I don't think the coaches, the better coaches in the world right now, think Auburn's a very good job right now. You've got to beat Nick Saban. And that's, yeah, that's near impossible. And Alabama's recruiting unbelievable, especially the last four or five years. It's, I mean, they're they getting them all. They're they're one or two every year in the Watch recruiting it. races, and I just I don't think anybody wants to go in there and take that on right now.
1: Don't you think that's the bottom line of what Auburn is dealing with? Nobody wanted the job a year and a half ago, which is why the AD turned to the one person who was willing to take it, who said, "I'll, I'll go up against Nick Saban." Nobody in their right mind wants to have to deal with that. No, I, and I agree with that
2: one hundred percent. And the other thing is, you watch Auburn play right now, and you don't see Auburn talent. No, you don't see Auburn talent, and so coaches are watching this, the better ones, and and uh, so I don't, I don't think that job's going to be near as wantable by the coaches in the business as it usually is. That's what I'm trying to say. Next
3: question. In Major League, we go back to Major League Baseball. Luke in Nashville asks Does Aaron Judge re sign with the New York Yankees? I know George has been a huge proponent of the Red Sox picking up Aaron Judge.
1: Well, I like the fact that he has told them in a nice way to shove it. <laughs> I really do. I mean, they pulled one out of your <laughs> bag of tricks.
6: Excuse
1: me. Tell me what you think, George. Did he really say that? (laughs) I mean, you haven't been around long enough.
6: Oh gosh, it's been that
1: one out there nine weeks. Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, it could be (laughs) dog years. So Watson, they offered seven years, two hundred thirty million. My BGA math says that is. 33 million a year? Okay. Is it possible that he has turned that down for some reason other than money?
2: I don't know. I'm betting that if he breaks the record, he
1: stays.
2: If he don't break the record, I'm not sure he'll go.
1: Well, it's hard to imagine with a week left, as good a contact as this guy makes, I think he's going to break the record. Now ESPN may be jinxing him by breaking in every, you know, four times. Breaking in during college football is probably not a good move, but they did it anyway. Two things. Two things. Two things.
2: Number one, the pressure of hitting those last two, man. That's a bunch, because yeah. you're right. It's national. They're watching him ever pitch. Number two, these pitchers are not giving him anything to hit. They don't care anymore. They don't want to be the one he hits it off of. So right. I'm telling you, he ain't getting the pitches he normally gets. And I'm not sure he will do it in the next week.
1: So if he goes on the open market, the Red Sox will do it to spite the Yankees. The Dodgers will do it because they have more money than they know what to do with. The Angels, it, I would not rule out the Angels trying to say, okay, Otani, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. And can There's, you imagine a trio yeah. like that? And they still wouldn't no win because they got a bit of pitching. With no pitching. What are they
2: going to do? Okay. Let one of them, another one on pitch? I mean, God. There's one you're leaving out. There's one you're leaving out that I think is going to be there because they're not afraid to spend money right now, and that's the Mets. I'm oh, telling you, yes. There's no yes. – they, they'd love to get one from the Yankees, and that guy, George, is, is not afraid to spend money now. I'm telling you,
1: don't leave the Mets out of this. No, and in fact, I would put them above the Angels – I would probably put him above the Red Sox because my guess is if he wants to get out of New York, I don't think he wants to have to go back there three times a year as a Red Sox. It'd be Mm -hmm. easier to go one time as a Met in interleague play and be done with it. Yeah. And
2: and don't you think the Mets, whether they get him or not, they're going to up the ante, man? Oh, absolutely. The same thing the Red Sox are going to do. The poor absolutely. Yankees, and we call them poor, but I'm telling you, those two are going to keep up in the ante. If the Yankee, if he stays a Yankee, it's going to cost them a fortune. A arm and a leg. Okay.
3: The, you know what? If the Mets did that, that would be next level stuff. Oh,
1: right they here. will do it. Oh my God. Going and you to make know what? The
2: Yankees spend everything they got
1: to keep it. God bless the Mets. <laughs> Until this weekend. Yeah. We're going to see how much you say that come Friday. <laughs> we'll go to the break and then we'll have the plaster bet of the day. This is Main Street Media Television. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a 9-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
2: I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've
1: been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks
5: when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric.com at RockCastleWealth.com.
3: You know what time it is? It's now time for... Leicester's Bet of the Day, sponsored by Bar durham Injury Law. Since 1975, Bard-Durham has aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. And, uh, George, got back on track last night. With America's team, Cowboys got it done. You're back up to 36-41, and 41, climbing back up to the top. I'm on a S- heater. Slowly but surely, the heater continues. But tonight, you're going baseball. No football to go back to tonight. You were feeling the football this weekend. You're going to have to go baseball tonight.
1: Yeah, I've, I've won five of the last six in football. And uh, Watson, that's pretty good. I'll take that percentage anytime. time.
2: You need to keep betting football, my man.
1: <laughs> is there I mean,
3: any
2: action tonight? I guess no, today.
1: No, that's not till November. No
2: action. No, that's that's November before you see the action.
1: It's gotten a little cooler, but it's not time for action. <laughs> no action yet. Maction is after baseball. Okay, so we got to do more baseball before yeah. action. What do you got? We got
3: the New York Mets oh, minus two hundred yeah. against Miami tonight.
1: Here's the thing. that The line is too high, and traditionally when these two teams get together, it's pretty low scoring, but the Mets know the urgency. The Braves are right up there, you know what, a game out. They absolutely cannot stub their toe tonight, and I don't think they will. Carlos Carrasco will pitch well. Lopez is a good pitcher. for The Marlins have a really good young pitching staff. They don't have much else, but they have got some real good young flamethrowers Watson. I still got to go Mets. I agree with you.
2: I'd I'd go Mets or Braves. Either one that I would have picked tonight.
1: I'll take a loss. In plaster bed of the day to get a Mets loss.
2: I I can see why you do this. It makes the game watching a lot easier on you because (laughs) you don't lose either way when you're sitting there watching the Mets.
1: You go, well, well, if they didn't
2: kill, great. The Braves are going to be tied with them after tonight.
1: If not, I'm on a heater.
2: You're on it. You win either way on this
1: one. Uh, Watson, tomorrow we're going to go to Indy get a little bit of a report on the Colts, the Titans' next opponent. Butch Spearden will join us again to talk a little bit about the proposed new stadium and where it is right now. Has it moved at all? Because the last time he was with us, the story was that the city council had asked for a second opinion on whether to refurbish Nissan or go ahead with – you know, whatever dome stadium, the to me, this whole take a second look is a complete waste of time.
2: I one hundred percent agree with that. Waste. Build a new place. There's two. They're going to spend a lot of money to, to to plug some holes in it, and then it's still going to be an issue. So,
1: build yeah. a new place. Let's go. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Billy. See you tomorrow. Go Mets uh not really (laughs) this is mainstream media television i'm about to cough that's a (laughs) heck of a way to end the show see you tomorrow